Victory Podcast. We are in full swing. Julio Jones Watts from the Tennessee Titans. Welcome into another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson, and it's just me and my boy Brett Batchelor tonight. Uh, Chris is here. You just may not hear much of him. He's got a, a little bit under the weather, a little sick. So it's just us two holding it down. What's going on, Brett? What's going on, Austin? How are you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Good, bro. It feels good to be back. Uh, I had to miss out on the last one, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember, honestly. For what, oh, it was for baseball. I was, at a, I was at a baseball game. That's right. Because it was opening night of the new minor league team where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, got, got tickets to that last second. So, But I'm glad to be back. It's fun. We got Chris producing. So I'm ready to get the ball rolling. Absolutely. Before we get started, make sure you guys start the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, you can get us there on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave us a review, rate five stars. We greatly appreciate it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. And we are always brought to you by the Broadway Sports Media Network. Uh, make sure you go check out broadwaysportsmedia.com for all your latest Titans news, including the Holyo Jones uh, stuff, uh, your National Predator stuff. We'll get into that in a second. National SC, who is still technically undefeated. And then everything else in between over there at broadwaysportsmedia.com and uh, 440 Sports. So uh, to start with, Brett, we'll kind of just before we get into Julio stuff, this is mainly the, the biggest thing we're going to talk about. Uh, I want to congratulate you on graduating college finally. Yeah, thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that was a long time. Listen, dude, I think we first met over at Armchair. I think yeah. you were just probably your freshman year, maybe sophomore year. Sophomore year, yeah. Yeah. Then two degrees later, and here I am now. I got two degrees, and I'm, I'm ready. But it, it's weird, bro, because, I mean, you spend so long of being a collegiate athlete and being around your boys, and all of a sudden at the at the flick of a hat, it's, it's done. But, no, I appreciate that. It feels good for sure. Oh, Thank 100%, you. 100%, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I, I know it's a, a weight lift off your shoulders. You're going to miss, obviously, <clears throat> practices and playing golf and, with your, oh, like yeah. you said, with the boys. But, like, the schoolwork, you're done. It's just it's just, yeah. job. it's just work now, dude. You'll finally realize that you wake up and you're like, dude, I have, I have nothing to do today except work. I don't have to do school, no papers, no nothing. It's, uh, bro, it's, it's weird because, like, I woke up the other day and I was kind of like – because I had just the day off from whatever I was doing. I woke up and I was so, like – I don't use the word mind blown. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I like, I felt, I felt like I missed my morning workouts, and I felt like I, I practice afternoon nights. I was like, bro, I got all day to do whatever I want to do. So, hundred percent, definitely feels good. Like you said, the the weight lifted off the shoulder for sure. Uh, so have you been? What you watched? Obviously, the Preds. I know we all were texting about that. The Preds unfortunately blew it uh, at the end. I mean, what a what a disappointing season. No, no, I wouldn't say season because it got hot. It was hot for a little bit. It's time for fun to watch for a little bit. I know Chris wants to chime in, but he's he's not going to. Um I'm looking at him. I know. Um, it was fun for a little bit, but like, dude, they, they had their chances against Carolina. They did. It was there. First off, we need a round of applause or whatever you want to do for UC Soros because yeah. he had a fantastic, fantastic series. The, the power play, man, early in the series, it looked like the power play from two seasons ago. You go 0 for what, 7, I believe, on the power play, and that just dropped off the face of the earth. And finally, it ended up coming back around the series. But like you said, you held the lead in game five. You held the lead in game six, not able to pull away either one of them. And now the Preds are at 2 and 8, I believe, or 2 and 9 in elimination games at Bridgestone Arena. So the Preds have got to figure something out. Obviously, we expect them to always be a playoff team, but just there's been that one Stanley Cup run, and it's just I know, I know we are, and I know the rest of the fans in Nashville and around the country are churning to get back to what it was a couple of years ago. 
in this the window of for the I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but I do know a little bit about about, about the parades. The window of the the core guys here in Nashville is slowly closing. I yep. mean, they're getting older. Um, they, they brought us some some new pieces, dude. I love Coonan. I think Coonan's a lot of fun to watch. Luke Coonan's fun. Uh, and then you got the younger guys, uh, Tolvin in. Yep. I'm sure there's a, a many more that I'm missing. Grant, uh, Granlin's been fun to watch. But you got Star Wars back there now, a solidified goalie that we thought, you know, what are we going to do without Pekka? Yep. And he's come in and kind of made a name for himself too. So um, I think they're good hands there. I'm still not sold on John Hines, I'll be honest. No, the coach. I, don't is. I don't think anybody is. And I think there's a good chance that here in a couple of years it might be. And Hines is – I think he's here for now, but I think it might end up being – when Hines goes, Poyle goes, or when Poyle goes, Hines goes, and it's going to be a fresh start. I, I definitely think he's he's brought himself back for another year. I think he gets one more more chance. I agree. Um, the whole COVID when when Lavulette got fired, he kind of got thrown in there, so he's got about a year and a half under his belt. So I think one more year to kind of figure out if he is the guy or not, and and hopefully get some better pieces because uh, Matt Duchesne has been. Oh my gosh, man, shit. dude, yeah. Because you 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 basically you traded PK Subban away to save that money to sign Duchesne. Yeah, like you mentioned, other than other than the game three goal that he put in to win in overtime, I mean, haven't seen much from him. And you mentioned it perfectly earlier about the the guys getting older. Ryan Ellis is going to get a little bit older here soon. Matthias Ekholm is going to get a, a little bit older. Philip Forsberg, his contract extension, if you want to extend him, that's coming up soon. And you know that he'd love to stay in Nashville and the fans would want to keep him as well. So you hit the head on the nail perfectly about what's coming up here very soon about really the core guys of the team. 100%. Um, something else just to kind of piggyback off of before, again, it's going to be about all who deal here in a minute. So we'll just kind of go ahead and get some things out the way that we, you know, we've been watching because it's offseason, man. There's other sports on right now, NBA playoffs. I know we all been watching that. I know Chris has with the Grizzlies. Um, Behind me, it's it's the national championship for D1 golf right now. So, okay. It's all going on. I like it. Is it, uh, is it, uh, teams? Is it singles? It's teams. It's teams. There's a guy. There's a guy actually from that. I that I I don't know him, but I played junior golf against him. One individual national championship. He's from Alabama. Nice. And and then the team right now is uh, Oklahoma against Pepperdine. It's it's coming down to the stretch. So we'll see how it goes. Just a side note here. The I told you I I passed Montevallo this mm-hmm. past weekend to go from yeah. uh, to go to the beach. That golf course on the right. I guess you played that a, a million times on the interstate right off the interstate. That's yeah. our home. That's our facility. I figured. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, I saw it. I was like, I guarantee that. That I mean, he's played that course a million times. That little, that little back practice area that you passed. That is our own facility right that's there. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Um. So yeah, I guess this week the my, my Boston Celtics got eliminated. They're yep. gone. Had a yep. massive shakeup today with uh, Danny Ainge. We knew this was coming. Every Celtics fan knew that at some point Danny Ainge was gonna step down or retire or something. Just because it's been the writing on the wall, dude. He's been almost Ainge for so long, yeah. um, almost getting big name players, and it just never happened. So, sad to see him go because I really did like Danny Ainge a lot. Everybody did, but it was just time for a new, a fresh start. And so, did not expect for the head coach to take that position. So, I'm happy Ooh. Brad Stevens is staying. I'd rather have Brad Stevens in that role than not having Brad Stevens at all. So, you think too, because there was word going around that he was going to maybe take that Indiana job, and he but he wanted to stay. Do you think that this has been in the works for a while, and that's why he didn't go to Indiana? Yes. I think I think that I think also maybe just the he uh, he's from reports and, and things I read today that he the the bubble really took a toll on him. So I think he was just kind of done coaching for right now. I don't think he wants to coach, and I think he he is such a smart man, and I think. Um, 
he wants to kind of construct this team the way he wants it. And I think Danny let him. Right. Um, Danny kind of did his own thing. Suthers are super young uh, with, with – they got Romeo Langford, uh, Grant Williams, Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard. Um, there's a few more Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards. Like, there's a lot of young guys. and not a lot of whole veterans on that bench. Or so, big. I think there's no big. Um, we have Rob Williams, who's a stud. But outside of him, you know, you have Tristan Thompson. They got rid of Daniel Tice. It's just it, – the roster is a total makeover. And I think what's going to help the Celtics is that Brad has coached these guys for, for you know, Tatum and Brown specifically for four years now. Yep. He's going to fight, figure out who is going to play best with these guys. Let me put my team together because it's still his team. It's always going to be his team. He's coached these guys. Figure out something and uh, hopefully they, they can start competing with the Nets and the Bucks. And I, think, and I think as young as he is too, that helps to have somebody like him in the front office because he knows today's game. His basketball IQ is so high. And the fact of knowing today, today's game and how it really runs around the court, having somebody like that in the front office to construct a team goes a lot better as well. I think, too, that a lot of a lot of those big-name players that we talked to, Kawhi Leonard, the Anthony Davis, Paul George, whoever else, didn't want to come to Boston because of Danny Ainge for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I think now that they'll, hey, oh, Brad Stevens is, is there. He, I'll, I'll play for Brad Stevens. I'm cool with that. It's not the same old Boston Celtics. Um, so, it'll be fun. We'll see. It's a lot of it. You know who's made a turnaround, though, real quick, is your Boston Red Sox from the beginning of this game. Yeah, man. They started off 0-3. I was like, damn it, a long year. I mean, they're, they're top five team in baseball right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, they're fun to watch right now. Um, another big news, Coach K. Yeah. I, I, that's one that I didn't see coming. I that was knew, the bomb. I knew because Roy Williams retired, obviously. And it's like, okay, Coach K's probably got – in my eyes, I was like, he's probably got four or five more years and we'll know about it. But out of the blue, it was, it was within like what? Two hours of each other, Danny Ainge leaving, yeah. retiring, and then bam, bam, out of nowhere. So I, feel, I had at some point this is going to happen. I didn't know when, and uh, this year, next year, the year after. Like I feel like at some point though, the writing was on the wall for for Coach K two to to hang it up. Like you said, Roy just retired. I think J, Jim Beheim is it's going to happen for him in a year or two. He's up there. He's coaching. He's coached at Syracuse since like your dad was in elementary <laughs> school. Like he's he's been there that long. Yeah. Um. So I feel these coaches. Are, are gonna step out. I think what's gonna happen is a lot of the former players of that program will step in, right. like Hubert Davis is gonna do at North Carolina, how now John Shire is gonna do it at Duke. Like you'll start seeing that trend yeah. more with these big name colleges, the blue blood. So exactly. I love it. I'm all for it. I think it's very cool that a lot of these former players want to come back to their alma mater and coach. And I, I think it's awesome. So it's a new wave of, of coaching now. It's, it's what we grew kind of like how the NFL is starting to get that way too. It's, the quarter like that 2004 quarterback draft class with Eli and, and yeah. they're on their way out. And now you got Herbert and Burrow and Lamar Jackson and, and guys like that. It's the new wave of just how, how the new game is. Right. All right. Cool. In the sports talk, I know Titans fans are like, all right, y'all shut up. I'm sure they fast forward us by now to get the Titans talk. Um, but dude, the Titans, I feel like guys are so close to Landon Julio Jones. And I know a few weeks ago we talked, was it possible is this actually a thing? I think it was just kind of more speculation that the Titans needed Julio Jones. The Falcons were uh, taking offers for him. Like, yeah, the Titans could definitely use him. But now, dude, now it's like real. Like the yeah. Titans are actually like a suitor. They've made offers for Julio Jones. Like it's it's close to happening. Uh, they now lead the odds of getting Julio. They're at the top of that, plus 200. They've said that the reports are that the Rams and Ravens are now out. They are out on the Julio sweepstakes, and now it's kind of just down to the Seahawks and the Titans as it was last year with 
Jadavian Clowney. Um, and you know who won that one, so I hope it, history repeats itself with this. Um, but what are your thoughts on that, Brett? Like, I mean, is this really going to happen? You know, at first I was skeptical because it's like, that's how it, that would be a whole – She's probably like, well, you know, but now with more and more reports coming out, like you mentioned the report now of teams pulled out this morning, you know, here's the thing, Austin, and Chris back there, he's still sitting there. I don't want to get overly confident in the fact of, yeah, hey, this is going to happen. And then when it, if, say, it doesn't happen, be like, dang, man, now what are we going to do? Well, I, well, I think it's, we're all going to act like that. We're going to yeah. act that way. Now that we know that the Titans are so close, like it's not – we know they have an offer out for him. Like, I think we're going to be disappointed if it's not the Titans, no matter what. Yeah, yeah of course. But is it possible? Obviously. Will it help the team? Obviously. And yeah. I know that a lot of people will say that, hey, it's, it's the Colts that are going to win the division, and, and that's what they're pushing for. I believe that this, if Julio does come to Nashville, I it makes a great case to say, okay, so if you – because I know y'all can tell me, you go Colts, and Titans, I think you can put them right there next to each other and the Titans above them. Now, I know y'all aren't as high on the Colts, but you can definitely put the Titans above them, definitely if Julio comes. I think your your hand, I think it should be like Colts, Titans. Like I think, I think, I think you put the Titans too low there. Like I yeah. think, I think they're right there neck and neck with each other. Because I think I think the, as much as the Titans had to prove this year, a bunch of unknowns, I think the Colts are the same way. New quarterback, um, a new, I mean, a, a different defense, like it, at Titans and Colts are kind of similar in their own different ways, um, if that makes sense. And they're similar in their own different ways. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, in, in like their own I, – I told you, like, the Colts have holes just like the Titans do, but just in different areas. Like, the, the Colts have – go ahead. No, go ahead. You got it. Colts have this new tackle. The Titans have this new defensive end. Like, it's just in their own different areas. Like, they're, they're, they have new players, new additions to the team that help them in their own different ways. And I think from a national aspect, the way that the people look at – why the Colts would be the favorite over the Titans because the people look at the Titans, they're like, okay, Jonu gone, Corey gone, yeah. Adam gone, defense yeah. terrible. People don't look at necessarily the aspects of who you sign in. They don't have to be major names. Like Danico Autry, I think, will be fantastic on the defensive line. Not a major name, but somebody that I think will be a, a very good fit to the line. And if you don't realize, people who see the name Adam Humphreys, they're like, oh, hey, he's gone. But he didn't do really anything at all last year. Johnu, when once Taylor went down, Johnu had a different role. So obviously, we knew what he could get and why he left for that money. I don't know why he wouldn't take that money that New England offered him. Right. But the, the, the things are still there for the Titans to win that division. I think people just look at, okay, they take the Colts offensive line and the defense, and that's what they're running with on the Colts. And I'm not saying that I think that the Colts are the overall favorites to win the division, but when I did that hand thing right there, it's just kind of like it's going to be neck and neck, if that makes sense. All right. And I think talking about going back to Julio, I, the Titans definitely have an offer out there. I would love to see what the offer is when it actually happens. If it's not again, if it's not the Titans, I would love to see what actually got Julio Jones the trade. I wonder what the Falcons are, are waiting on. I don't think any team's giving them a first round pick. I think that's what they wanted. The reports out that that they talked about we want nothing but a first round pick for, for Julio. That's not just gonna happen. He's 32, and you want that 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 a team to trade with that contract that he has. You're not getting a first-round pick unless you take some of the money, which I don't think they'll do. So I would love to see if the Titans have a third-round pick that turns into a second-round pick if he hits these numbers, if he if he plays in 14 games, if he catches this many balls, at this many yards, this many touchdowns, then it turns into a second-round pick. Or if it's actually just a solid second-round pick, that's it. I'll take that, no doubt. I would rather have a 32, 32 – think about it that way. 
Your second round pick in the 2021 draft is Julio Jones. I'm yes. cool with that. I'm fine with that. Yes, you would take that 100%. So, when, I'm very, I'm, I'm, and I wonder how long it's going to take. Like, I wonder this time next week when we're talking, do the Titans have Julio? Is it longer than that? Like, I just don't see now. If it's now to two teams, what are you waiting on? Are you waiting for just some random team to come out and say, you know what? We'll give you a first. We'll do it. We got the cast space. We'll go ahead and give you. At this point, who's going to do that, though? I mean, could you see anybody doing that? I don't. I, I would have to check cat space, and I would have to look. But I mean, like I, today, I'm watching Colin Cowherd and Greg Jennings is on there, and he's talking about the Chargers. Then they make the most sense. And I'm like, but you are you even paying attention to what's going on? Like the reports, like the Chargers aren't in the mix. They're not even in the odds. Like maybe to you they sound good, but the Chargers don't make sense. Can you imagine that receiving court if he went out there. Keenan, Mike, Julio with Justin Herbert. Oh my gosh! And Echo is a great pass catching back yeah. too. I mean, holy cow, that'd be unbelievable. But I mean, you mentioned about the the production you can get from Julio. I know everybody talks about Julio being injury prone. Yes, he has to stay because the last two seasons he hasn't played a full season. 2017, 2018, though, full season. Uh, 2016, 14 games. 2015, 16 games. 2014, 15 games. So, in my eyes, yes, he's got to stay healthy because the last two seasons have not been sure. Season, but the production when he plays is still there. So, to uh, some people are saying, Well, hey, it's probably not worth it. He's 32, he's always hurt. When he's on the field, it's still there. I think if it's somebody like Julio Jones, it's almost like the clowny thing. Everybody's like, Hey, clowny can't necessarily stay healthy. And we saw last year he didn't. But in this case, I think it's in the same boat as, as clowny's. I'm like, Hey, if that name is there for you to go get, it's somebody that you have to go get. This is a future Hall of Famer we're talking about. Like, this is Clowney's Clowney's a, a stud. He's a star. A Hall but Julio Jones is a Hall of Famer. Yes. We're, talking about, we're talking about getting a, a Titans in a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, and if you if you can get that at the right price to make your team better and to to improve your Super Bowl window, you have to do it. And especially this roster that we we know right now, right. having a glaring need at wide receiver, it makes complete sense. Yeah. So do it, John. And it, this is no knock on on Josh Reynolds at all. But he does not need to be the number two receiver. No, that's the thing. He needs to be. He needs to fill in the the spot that Adam Humphreys left when he when he went. That's what Josh Reynolds is going to fill. And then you got Cam Batson and Westbrook Akina after that, who are not bad four and five receivers. I'd say Westbrook Akina actually came on nicely at the end of last season. But you throw if you get Julio Jones into that offense, you're not talking receiver one and two. You're talking receiver one A and receiver one B. Yeah you're looking at and then it's going to become so much more scarier for defenses because then at that point which cb1 is going to cover who who is going to cover them and then if the cb2 on the defense isn't as good man can you have a fun day throwing the ball down the field just think about it i mean like are we going to be talking about like ryan Tannehill 400 yard games and derrick henry rushing for 150 in the same game are we talking like what kind of i wonder what this offense is going to actually look like with Julio Jones, man, it's gonna be it's lethal. That's elite. I mean, that's a top. That's a top three, top three trio in the league. Okay, you got you have Tannehill behind a solid offensive line. Yeah, you have Derrick Henry right there with Darius and Evans and blasting game. Then you would have ASAP Furt, and then AJ Josh Reynolds and Julio. It's not bad. Your only glaring weakness on this on this entire offense right now is a tight end and a right tackle. Just because you have an unproven rookie right tackle, even if it is him, it could be Kendall Lamb. Who knows? I'm just I'm just saying that the right tackle is the unknown right now. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I'm confident in it. I really am. 
and you're gonna have a you have a young you have, you have you have a young defense. I know you want to talk about Shane Bowen. We can get into that right now if you want to. But you have a young defense. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be more exciting. Yeah, like you mentioned Nico Autry. You have Bud Dupree now. Like this is only this is June. June we're talking about this, but dude, I'm 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 ready. We got the schedule. Like I'm ready to go. I will see you, Arizona Cardinals, week one. Like I'm ready to go, man. So you take a look at at Julio right here. So he's been in the league since 2011. We'll just go through the yards since he's been in the league. 2011 rookie year at 959, 13 games. But then after that, his second year in the league. He's at uh, almost 1,200 yards. Third year, he only played five games, 580 yards. But then he had 1593, 1871, 1409, 1444, 1677, 1394. And then in the season which he only played nine games, he almost had 800 yards. And we talked about last season about Corey Davis almost getting to, that, to get into that 1,000-yard threshold. And he played just about the whole season. And Julio last year, at he's 32 now. So last year, being at 31 years old, only playing nine games and only being 200 yards away from a thousand yards at that age that's that's because I saw you smiling earlier that's something that you can't help but get excited for and so I think the big holdup for a lot of Titans fans is that the Titans can't make the money work they don't have the money for Julio Jones they do you simply restructure Ryan Tannehill uh, move his money to a signing bonus and that frees up 15.6 mil all right, I think it's a number. Number, I believe. And then, yeah, fifteen point six. And then there's your there's your money for Julio. And again, I mean, um, I saw reports too about how you know you have to make, get a new contract for him. I, I don't see why that would be any. I, John is the king of of reworking contracts and 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 making contracts. Restructure contract after contract, and there are so many contracts that work out good for the player and for the team in the long run. You look at Demarco Murray's deal. You look at KB's deal now. You look at Derrick Henry's, Henry's deal. Henry's I mean, yeah. You look at, and you, you can look at Tannehill's contract because yeah. if it wasn't a team-friendly contract, then you would not. We would not be talking this restructure. And it's just something that you can. And you talk about not having any money. You know who doesn't have money? The Falcons. They yeah. can even pay the. They can even pay their rookies right now. Yeah. So if you if you can find a way to work through that cap space and restructure deals, and knowing Tannehill, I'm, obviously we don't know him personally, but I would be shocked if he was not would not be willing to restructure his contract as well. I'll, I think I saw a report too. It's one of those things, uh, it's like you don't even have to ask Tannehill to do it. You just do it. I think, he, I think he'd be okay with it, but it's just as, out of courtesy. I think like the actual like legal thing is like you don't have to ask him to do it. You can just do it. Right. Um, but just out of courtesy, you, you tell Ryan, hey, here's what we're doing. We're getting you Julio Jones. Are you okay with that? Exactly. What is he going to say? No? Um, so – I hope when we put this podcast out tomorrow that, that Julio Jones is not a Titan yet just for the sake of this podcast. Because if he's a t- Titan tomorrow morning, then we have, you know, this this podcast is shit. Um, but for this, I mean, I hope here soon, boys, we are t- talking about Julio Jones as a Titan. We can have many more conversations on, on the actual offense and kind of have a, a real thing, real conversation about what this offense can be with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. So, Shane Bowen, Ty Downing talked today to Titans, Titans media uh, for a little bit. Good to kind of t- hear them and, and, and you know, them, I think, the first time as actual coordinators, I believe. Yes. Um, so, uh, that was cool to hear from them. You listened – listened, we listened to a little bit of it, Brett. Um, mm-hmm. What did you take away from Shane Bowen or Ty Downing? 
to be completely honest with you, in, in their first press conference, they sounded a lot more comfortable than I than I anticipated. And I mean that in a good way of yeah. how, how calm they are with their schemes and, and how they want to run things. Because Shane Bowen was asked, okay, are, is, is your day going to look any different than, than what it did before now that you have the actual title? And he's like, I'm still coming into work. Still working with the defense. We're going to plug and play guys in this position and see what works where and then get to OTAs and, and camp and see what works who works best where and, and Todd Downey was talking about it the same way about who's who's going to who's going to be running routes and who's going to be blocking here and and John Glenn and I have his tweet pulled up right here said that AJ Brown will likely look some will, will likely get some different looks this year in different coverages we hope to move him around a little bit and expand his route tree as well so I think working with guys like AJ early on and and ASAP Ferk and then Bowen working with Bud Dupree and Danico Audrey and the guys coming in help because you get to know them obviously and that's what OTAs are for you get to learn the guys and you get to see where they're at so I, I really enjoyed the press conference I did too um I heard more downing that I did Bowen but just going back and listen to Bowen um he said a few things that stuck out to me um talked about communication on the defense um and I have to, they'll have to be better at that for him personally and the personnel talked about um the carryover and talking about how uh, the personnel will be different and there'll be some similarities and differences. Um, if you guys remember, Vrabel spoke about how there was no D coordinator title last year and he Bowen called the plays. Uh, Bowen said something today about um, he said a lot of things have changed with DC being added to the title, including ultimately being the final voice. Okay. Not a whole lot of talk last year from Vrabel about who had the final voice, but he didn't. He said at the end of the season that Bowen had the final voice. Essentially, but that, that makes you wonder, like, what, what was going on in, in, in the meetings then? Like, who was running things and who was calling? It, it, it's, I always thought from the start that it was weird to not go with a defensive coordinator and the Titans like, oh, no, it's fine. We got to figure it out. And obviously they didn't. For the, for the most part, because we saw how the defense played. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, it just kind of makes you wonder what went on behind the scenes. Bowen, it can only go up for the Titans' defense this year, as it did last year. Um, they were 28th in yards allowed, 24th in points allowed, 32nd in third down stops, and 30th in red zone stops. Like You can't get much worse than that. So, they can only go up from last year. And I think with – the personnel, I think, is what the biggest problem was. Pretty, that's pretty much what John Robinson told us this offseason, getting rid of almost, you know, a third of the defensive starters and then bringing in a lot of new guys, aggressive guys, um, better pass rushers, hoping that, you know, it stops the bleeding. That's the, that's the problem. So, um, I'm excited. I mean, I, I think I, we're all bummed when Bowen got the job essentially, but looking at the defense now, it's got much younger. It's got more faster, more aggressive, physical. Caleb Farley, Molden, Dupree. Should be we, fun. I'm excited for it. Autry, Landry, Evans. I mean, there's – yeah, Hooker. Hooker. KB. I mean, there's there's names. There, The potential is there. KB's got to have a better year, man. I know Chris agrees with me. I, I love to hear his take on that. I saw a, a PFF safeties ranking, and KB wasn't even the top ten. I was like, he's fell off that much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I spoke with somebody the other day, and I asked him if KB was elite, and they said, yes, of course, Kevin Byard is elite. And, yes, he is. But 
it's just kind of like you also know too, looking at those rankings, because last year everybody was like, well, how in the world is Kevin Byard not on the NFL top 100 list? This yeah. year, this year is a no. Just, yeah. it's a no. But we know that it's there. It's just last year just happened to be one of those down years. That's got to be coming out pretty soon, though, too, huh? The top 100 list. I mean, it's what, June? They do it in the summer or like right before training camp starts, something like that. Who's on, who's on Hard Knocks this year? Do we know? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to that's be coming up soon, too. They may not be doing it. I don't know. COVID and all that. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know. That's coming up soon, though. What do you but, think? What do you think Derek ranks on the top 100? I'm going to say top, top eight. I want to say top five, but I, yeah, I was going to say my good thing was going to be top seven. I think eight. You just want to put up a number? What do you say, Chris? Chris seven. said top seven. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I think he's it's probably seven or eight, something like that. Because I'm trying to think of who would be in front of him. You'd probably have Pat Mahomes, probably Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson? Maybe. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Do you think Lamar's in front of him? No, Rodgers will be in front of him. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, but there's – okay, top six then maybe? I mean – or uh, I mean, he did get offensive player of the year. Like, I mean – You think he'd be up there? Who? Bakhtiari from uh, – oh, Devontae Adams, Devontae Chris Adams, said. Adams, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's potential. There's potential for him to be way up there on that list. One thing, though, too, speaking of, of Shane Bowen and, and the new guys – if you look, when Todd Downing was the offensive coordinator for the uh, Raiders in 2017, yeah, when you look at, at Todd Downing for the Raiders when he was the offensive coordinator in, in 2017, because we saw Darrington Evans catching some passes the other day at, at OTAs, and people were wondering what he was doing out there as the running back in the receiver position. That year, where did it go? Let me pull it up. Marshawn Lynch had 20 receptions. DeAndre Washington had 34 receptions. Jalen Richard had 27 receptions. And the running backs alone had – uh, just about 350 yards receptions that year. All of them had 150-plus yards receiving uh, and a couple of receiving touchdowns. It may, it kind of makes you wonder, and I saw some people talking about it on Twitter too, do you think that the Titans go that route of using running backs more in the passing game? And that's been that's – of, of all the things you can talk about about Derrick Henry, the one small knot that people have had on Derrick Henry is his pass-catching ability out of the backfield. And we know that part of that's why Darrington Evans was here. That's why Deion Lewis was here. Do you think that there's a possibility that when you look at Todd Downing's history about using running backs in the passing game, that that's possibly something we can see more this year? I think so. And if you guys remember, um, right after the season started, ended, I'm sorry, um, there's videos of Derek Kennedy working out at SMU and he was catching balls. Um, I think that's something he wants to add more to, the, to his repertoire. Um, I definitely think that's something the Titans would like to do as well, um, getting him more involved in the passing game. But then you saw a few weeks ago, uh, Garrison Evans working out as a wide receiver uh, in at minicamp or uh, voluntary workout. So um, I'm interested to see what they do with both those guys. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see Garrison run the ball more. I'm pretty glad he's healthy this year. Exactly. Um, but um, there's a chance, and, and it's, a, it's a good question. Yeah, and, and when you look at this too, because people are kind of wondering, okay, what's that offense going to look like when there's when there's no Arthur Smith? Because we know that that's what took it to the next level. And Downing, we know he's been an offensive coordinator before, but obviously not in Nashville. But he coached Derek Carr from 2015 to 2016 when he was the quarterbacks coach. When he coached Derek Carr in Oakland, Derek Carr threw for he was 
he was, what's this? That's 70, 60 yards under 8,000 yards uh, for two seasons. So 7,924 yards, 60 touchdowns, and 19 interceptions in two years under the coaching alone of Todd Downing. Yeah. So the, uh, people are wondering, will the offense drop off? We don't know. Could it get better? Maybe we don't know. But the potential for it, especially with somebody who has the history of good numbers like that from Todd Downing, is definitely there with the weapons on the Titans offense. I think something about this Titans offense, since even Matt LaFleur was here, it's been consistent. The play action, feeding the ball with, to Derrick Henry. You know, LaFleur leaves, and you're like, all right, who's next? Because LaFleur's offense wasn't terrible. Just wasn't, no. wasn't flashy. It wasn't Arthur Smith, by any means. So then Arthur Smith comes in, has two fantastic years of, of play calling. And then you leave, and you're like, all right, nobody can live up to that. Like, you can't be better than Arthur Smith. No. I don't. I'm not, nobody's asking Todd Downing to be better than Arthur Smith. You don't have to put up better numbers. This does not have to be the greatest show on turf by any means. Just, I think with this offense and the players involved, the personnel, they just want to be consistent. Just do the same things. Um, I don't want to see a, a regression with any means. And I think with this offense, like, how, how do you see it? Like, how, where's the regression at? Where, where could it be? Like, if anything, it's going to have to be Tannehill. I don't see Derrick Henry slowing down anytime soon. If you look at it, if you want, if you look at it as a regression, I mean, the Titans can can easily average twenty five points next year, and that's going to be less than what it was last season. So it's going to be like you mentioned. It's going to be you can't top the offense from last year. So there there might be some people saying, "Hey, this offense isn't as good. It's not the same." Well, it's not going to be the same because there's no. It's the best offense in organization history last year, and it wasn't even close. So right the, now. Offense will still be there. It's just, it's just, we just don't know what it's going to look like. Right now, the Tennessee Titans are an OC to head coaching factory. It's two yeah. head coaches that were OCs are now head, you know, co- head coaching somewhere else. Yeah. Um, it's Todd Downing next. Is yeah. it, I mean, this is what Mike Rebel does. Is he, does he put out offensive coordinators and he takes them to the next level and they're gone? Like, and, and you mentioned the like the connections of, of OC to, to head coach. One thing that we didn't mention when we were talking about the defense is Jim Schwartz being back. Yeah. The defense was, I think he's a defensive senior analyst which obviously he's not going to be calling the plays or anything like that, but former defensive coordinator in Nashville when the defense was good in that 08, 09 era, went on to be a head coach, defensive coordinator in Philly, a ton of experience and retired and then came back to coach. So I think that that can go a long ways as well for the defense. It's a, it's a big hire. Yeah, it is. Big time. He'll be hands-on with a lot of these uh, these newer guys and get them accustomed to the to the, the playbook and whatnot. So just to, to have his knowledge um, in the building is, is going to be huge. So. Um, all right, so we'll end on this. When – not in the Titans, but when does Julio Jones get traded? A week? This what, week? What day does minicamp start? It's like the second week of July? Like right after the 4th of July? I believe that you before that? Yeah, I'm going to say – I'm going to say that it's probably like a week and a half or two weeks before camp starts. So I'm going to say within – because today's June 2nd. I'm going to say in about two and a half – Chris says end of June. So I'm going to say probably – Within two two and a half weeks, exactly. you would think yeah, you would think that the the Falcons and Titans would want to have this done, or Seahawks or whoever the the third party team come in and have this done before mini camp. Um, I don't see it dragging out to, to training camp. And this 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 has way too much steam on it. Yeah, too too many people are talking about it. Um, this is an Aaron Rodgers thing where we know he's not going to get traded. No. Um, I'm still trying to figure out. I mean, is Deshaun Watson leaving? He says he wants out, but, like, there has been no talk about that as of late. Is he even going to play football this year? I would love if he doesn't. It would be great <laughs> if, he, if he, he can sit and one of those 17 running backs can play quarterback for them this year. What's going on? 
That's, that's, Texans are a, a, a joke. And here's here's what I love is that they, um, if they are bad this year, they, they do have the number one pick. What do they do? Because there's no quarterbacks in the next class coming out. Sam Howell, who I love from North Carolina, is about it. But like, there's no nobody else right now who's just a stud. And you have to go get. Um, hey, Jerry Connor's gonna be coming out into the draft. Yeah, gotta get him first round. <laughs> gotta get him. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just. If you look around the league, like where where does Deshaun Watson go? I think Denver is the only spot. I have I don't know where else. At this point, because everybody else feels their needs. Every team kind of has a quarterback, man. They do. They do. And and if there's a court, if there's a team that's iffy on their quarterback, it's because they're iffy on the quarterback based on how they play in this season. Mm-hmm. So look at, at who's doing what. I mean, like you you mentioned it perfectly. Everybody's kind of got it filled. And you mentioned Denver's the really the only spot because that's a battle there between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean. And if it's not, if it's not Denver, I don't think it's anybody. And I think either Deshaun stays and plays or he's, he sits, like you said, I don't. Stays and sits. Yeah. There's no telling. It's going to be interesting. Um, I got plans this weekend. Um, Nashville. Nashville. Nashville? Either in Nashville this weekend. Yeah. I'm stoked. What, for it. I'm what are you doing? Uh, Eastside club. I uh, got a little event going on at the Titan stadium. So that'd be a lot of fun. Chris heading to the beach, he said. What beach? I think he's going to Myrtle. Myrtle, Chris? Myrtle Beach. I've been to Myrtle. North Myrtle. North Myrtle. North Myrtle. Sick. I went for a couple of golf tournaments, and that was a lot of fun for sure. I've gone to Panama City my entire life, but these last three or four beach trips we've gone on has been to Gulf Shores. That's my spot. I've been to PCB one time. Gulf Shores is fun, man. It's a good time. Gulf Shores, Orange Beach. So Yeah, any any I, the Gulf is where is my spot. That's where I like to go. Yeah. If you just say the words the beach, I'm in. Yeah. So, well, hang on, time out. What are your plans this weekend? I'm gonna watch that Logan Paul, yeah, Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. We're going to the lake, I'm golfing Friday morning. Um, Where are you playing? we are playing at Indian Hills. Is that in Murfreesboro? Yeah, yeah okay. I, is that the one we okay? Yeah, I've, I that's the one I haven't played over there, so yeah, Chris just Chris just uh reminded me that I haven't announced um my big announcement. Um, okay, hang on. I'm muting. This is all your moment. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing that, I mean, I'm not, it's nothing. I guess it's something major. Um, for those listening to the second and victory fans and followers, um, I'm having a baby. My wife and I were having a baby, our first kid. So super excited. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, that's it. I don't know what else you wanted me to say. I didn't have a speech planned out just to tell you guys my, my, yeah. my secret. So Chris has already got one too. He's got EJ. So, I mean, yeah. both. That's so cool. That's going to be so be sick. super exciting. We'll find out. Probably, we'll tell you, I guess we'll tell y'all in about a month what the gender is. We don't know yet. So, yeah. that's, bro, that's so, so early. That's so cool. I found out through, I found out through, Inst- actually, I found out through Chris's text in the group chat. And yeah. I, on Instagram. So, then I went to Instagram and I saw it there. But, yeah, bro, that's so cool. That's, I had to keep it a secret. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, just the, the lake and uh, watch that Logan Paul. Floyd fight should be fun. For sure. Pulling, uh, pulling for Floyd. Oh, easily. Yeah, I'm, I'm about done with the whole Paul brothers, man. I'm, I'm sick of them. They're not going to stop. They won't because they're making they're making a, a paycheck, dude. They are they are making some bread. So you, you can't blame them for uh, for the clout. But um, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Guys, we're, we're pretty close to 5,000 followers. We have to do a giveaway here soon. Um, to get that up, but um, you get us on there. Second of victory, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcast. But for Chris Carter and Brett Bachelor, I am Austin Nelson. As always, tighten up. Tighten up.